There were two more murders 15 miles when away. When arrived, they found the telephone the electricity line. The weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. On May 13, 1982, a man named Daniel Lee Doyle was sentenced to death for a heinous crime. Now, years later, people are arguing for his life. Not because they think he's innocent, there is no doubt his crime was terrible, but because there's a question, or the moral dilemma, of taking someone's life who is mentally disabled. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On September 5th, 1981, Daniel Lee Doyle was seen performing yard work at the Broward County, Florida home of his neighbor and third cousin, Pamela Kipp. Later in the day, he was seen driving his truck filled with branches and leaves to a nearby area to unload his debris. And Pamela was seen jogging in the same general area. This was the last time anyone saw Pamela Kipp alive. A search after Pamela was reported missing found the skeletal remains of a female. But... It wasn't Pamela Kipp. It was that of Monica Ruddick, and it was found in the same area where Daniel Doyle had been dumping the debris on September 5th. Shortly after came the second grisly discovery, that of Pamela Kipp, who was about 200 miles from where Monica was found. She'd been sexually assaulted just before being strangled to death. Near her body was a carpet and fresh tree trimmings, as well as ruts where a truck had clearly gotten stuck in the mud. The day of the murder, a helpful citizen had helped Daniel Doyle get his truck out of the mud in that exact same spot. Daniel was arrested and soon admitted to not just having sex with Pamela, but killing her as well. Though he claimed he was too intoxicated at the time and could not remember the details. So, it was reported that Daniel underwent hypnosis in an attempt to recall the details of the murder. During the session, he admitted to not just the murder of Pamela Kipp, but Monica Ruddick as well. However, the recording and notes about this confession were somehow lost and never recovered. Despite the lost information, on September 23, 1981, Daniel Doyle was indicted for first-degree murder and sexual battery. And on May 13, 1982, after being found guilty a month before, he was sentenced to death for the murder and to life for the battery. Now, here's where everyone has a problem with this case. No one doubts that Daniel Doyle is guilty. He said as much in his confession. What people do wonder is the moral implications of putting this man to death. You see, Daniel Doyle is, as argued in his 1994 clemency hearing, considered mentally disabled. Many take issue with the execution of a man who is mentally still at a third grade level. When he was evaluated by a psychologist when he was just 15 years old, he couldn't tell the doctor what his stomach was for, did not know the alphabet, could not spell the word cat, and didn't know what America was. His level of mental capacity was argued during a string of appeals, especially after the Supreme Court ruling in 2002 that made it unconstitutional to execute mentally disabled men and women. However, this ruling is still left up to the individual state to decide what constitutes sufficient mental disability. His lawyers also argued that, had a jury convicted him of the same crime today, the sentence would be life with the possibility of parole, due to the Florida law that requires juries to be unanimous before sentencing. Four voted for Daniel to serve life, 
more than likely recognizing his disability, and the others voted death. But the Florida Supreme Court refused to make this law retroactive to older cases. His appeals have been rejected. In 2006, there was a ruling in the case of Timothy Hurst, a murderer in Pensacola, that determined that a jury, not a judge, needed to find each fact necessary to impose a death sentence. It was left up to the state to determine how far back the standard would apply. Things seemed to be looking up for Daniel Doyle. Many cases were being re-examined and reversed. However, his was not one of them. He remains on death row and is left with a small glimmer of hope that a judge somewhere will change his mind and determine his death unconstitutional. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on May 14th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.